Hey, and thanks for taking the time to listen with us here at Gospel Way as we seek to find rest in Christ. Please know that this is supplemental and does not replace your local church or the pastor that God has given to shepherd your soul. But it is our prayer that God will use these resources to bless you and point you to Jesus. Romans chapter number 10. And uh, we're looking at verse number 16 through verse number 21. Uh, Verse number 16 down through the remaining portion of this chapter. Romans chapter number 10, verse number 16. The Bible said, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily their sound went out into all the earth, and their words unto the ends of the world. But I say, did not Israel know? First Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people and by a foolish nation I will anger you. But Isaiah is very bold and saith, I have found of them that sought me and not, sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. But to Israel, he saith, all the day long have I stretched forth my hands unto the disobedient and gainsaying people. Let's pray. Father, again, we thank you for the opportunity to look into the Word of God. We pray that you would give us clarity of thought, clarity of speech. And Lord, may our hearts be one more time turned toward you. May you magnify yourself edify yourself, and may through the scriptures we see you high, holy, and lifted up. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Uh, Perhaps in our lifetime, at least for most of us, perhaps we've seen the commercials where Publishers Clearinghouse knocks on the door, and they have a big check in their hand, and the owner of the house or the people of the house come to the door and they win something and their balloons going everywhere and everybody's jumping and excited over what they've won or what they've gained. Uh, Imagine that if you will, but imagine it this way. Publisher's clearing house comes up, knocks on the front door. And they tell the person that comes to the door, you've won $5 million. And they're standing there with a check in their hand. And the person that comes to the door says in an angry voice, get off my property. You wouldn't think that would ever happen. 
But in light of verse number 16 and verse number 17 or verse number 15 and 16, we find that that is so. There are those that turn away the best gift there ever could be. And there are those that receive that gift. There are those that turn away the Lord Jesus Christ and there are those that receive the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord being our helper tonight, I want to try to key in on why some are lost and some are saved. We can see it in the scriptures tonight as we go down through this. Uh, there's a contrast in verse number 15 and verse number 16. In verse number 15, uh, there is cited there, in fact, let's look back at verse number 15. And how, and how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Verse number 16, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. There's a great gift that's presented in verse number 15. There's a great gift that is rejected in verse number 16. The good news is the message of salvation. Even though you and I have sinned against the holy God, he desires that you and I would be saved. The Bible said that God is not willing that any should perish, but is wanting that all should come to repentance, that all should be saved. As we, if we were to look back at verse number 13, one of the key verses that many people key in on is, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There is that desire that God has that all would be saved, but there are those that will not be saved. There are those that will not uh, submit to what God says in his word and repent and believe. And that is the command that God gives us, repent and believe. What are you repenting of? You're repenting of the fact that you're wrong and God's right. It's, it's as simple as saying, God, I'm wrong. It's not, it's not enumerating all of our sins. It's not sitting down and saying, God, I've done this and I've done this and I've done this and I've done this. But it is God dealing with our hearts and us saying to God, you're right, I'm wrong. That's what God gives us and what God tells us. It's staggering that God would send messengers with the best news in the whole world that God is ready to pardon a sinner who will not receive the offer of that pardon. Around this time of year, every four years, we have a particular thing that happens in the office of the president. He sits down and he begins to sign pardons. He begins to commute sentences. Can you imagine, can you imagine one of those people that was being pardoned 
looking at that pardon and saying, no, I'm not going to receive that. I'm going to turn that away. Uh, a get out of jail free card, if you will. And yet they're turning that away. Yet it's done every day in this world. There is a get out of hell free card that people are turning away and they're turning their nose up at. In Romans chapter 10, Paul is still dealing with the subject that caused him great sorrow back in chapter number 9. In chapter number 9 and verse number 2, Paul ex expressed the sorrow that not many of the Jews were being saved. That not many of the Jews were hearing the good news of the gospel. Paul goes on and expounds as he writes in Romans chapter number 9 and verse number 30 through verse number 33 where he explains that the Jews were rejecting Christ for one reason and that was because they were pursuing righteousness by their own works. Wasn't that what they were... They, they had not changed all the way from the back in Micah's day. They were trying to work their own way. Why is it? And I, 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 I asked this question, but why is it that mankind is just like the Jews? There's no difference between the Jews and the Gentiles. Paul told us that early on in the book of Romans. He said there's no difference. The, the Jews and the Gentiles alike are all trying to work their own way. Uh, we were discussing uh, the matter of salvation and it seems like when you sit down and you talk with people and you begin to talk to them about salvation, it seems as it, that it is inevitable that everybody's going to go back to well, I'm not as bad as everybody else or I'm not as bad as this one or that's not that bad. Or It is because man is trying to work his own way of salvation. He's trying to make things work. And it's interesting at the same time, and you've got to understand the writing of this, of this chapter, the writing of this book, you've got to understand that during this time, there is a great multitude of Gentiles that are getting saved. An, an astounded number of Gentiles are receiving the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's the problem. Here's the difficult thing to understand. The Israelites were seeking, and let me, let me back up. Maybe they weren't seeking God because God said there's none that seeketh after God but they were seeking after a righteousness they were seeking after a better standing with God but they really weren't seeking God they were seeking after what they thought to be godliness when it was not godliness and yet at the time when there were those that were the Israelites that were 
trying to work something in order for them to have a better standing with God. They were trying to work something up in order to have a better standing with God. There were those that were not seeking God at all. They weren't seeking a better life. They weren't seeking the things that the Jews were seeking, but God was being merciful to them. And they were in vast numbers receiving the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, this is not something that is brand new. We see this in Scripture tonight. We see what's going on in Romans chapter number 10, but this is not something that's brand new. And Paul lets us know because three different times, at least three different times in the scriptures we read tonight, at least three different times, he refers to the Old Testament. He refers to what the Old Testament prophets had said. He refers to Isaiah, which was during the same time period as Micah and, and others that were preaching these things way back yonder. And yet the same thing was going on. The same thing was happening. He explains in the scripture, he explains why this has taken place. Because disobedient, hard-hearted people were not believing the gospel and they were lost. But at the same time, God's sovereign grace was being shown to others and they were believing the gospel and being saved. When the good news is preached, some hear it and believe it and call upon the Lord to save them. But sadly, others, it becomes a stumbling block to them. Is that not what Paul told us back in chapter number nine and verse 32? He said, they have stumbled over. They have stumbled at. They have they, they had stumbled over the stumbling block. Why? What was that that Christ, that Jesus was the Christ? They did not want to receive that. What makes the difference? I'm going to state something that the Bible is plain on and the Bible teaches clearly. I cannot explain both of these statements, but the Bible teaches us this. I'm going to give you these two statements. If someone is saved, it is totally due to God choosing them before the foundations of the world. Did he not tell us that? He said he knew us before the foundations of the world. So we understand that he knew us before the foundations of the world and effectively and successfully called us to Christ, saving us by his grace and by his grace alone. We were not saved because of anything that we did. Amen. May I state here, we weren't even saved by what we prayed. We were saved because we turned to Jesus. Because we repented and said yes to the Lord. But it was not saying yes to the Lord that saved us. 
It was his grace that appeared to us that caused us to turn to him when we saw his grace. The second statement I want to give you is in light of the first statement, if someone is lost, he is totally responsible for his disobedient, hard-hearted rejection of God's mercy. And we stumble at that. That, the, The Jews were stumbling at that. They were stumbling at the fact that if a man or woman is saved by the grace of God, they are saved by God's grace alone. It is not something they did. It is not something they prayed. It is not their faith that saved them. It is the grace of God that appeared to them that God's faith produced something in them. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It was not our faith. It became our faith, but it was God's grace that produced that faith in us that allowed us to be saved by His grace. But if we're lost, it is totally because of us. The reason for that is, is because we're in Adam. Before you got saved, you were in Adam. After you were saved, you are in the second Adam, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. You're in one or the other. There is no in-between. And because of that, you are responsible as a lost person. You are responsible for the disobedient, hard-hearted rejection of the Lord Jesus Christ. The the problem that most people have is the question that comes up is, what if they haven't heard? Early on in the book of Romans, did Paul not tell us that we were without excuse? There is no excuse. There is no excuse, and at the same time, there there is a... picture before us that you and I understand that there are some that are saved. There are some that are lost. Understand there are some that are going to be saved and understand there are some that are going to be lost. And all of that is under the sovereign act of God. All of that is God, there is nothing we can do to earn our salvation, but yet we are responsible for where we are without Christ. God has provided an avenue that you and I can have a right standing with God. And that avenue is the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other avenue. It is our being in Christ that makes the difference. In other words, if a person believes in Christ, 
It is only because God had mercy on them that they believed in Christ. But if he had no, not intervened and he had not saved them, you are responsible for where you are without God. And I said at the beginning of those two statements, I said, I don't understand everything about that, but I know that's what the Word of God teaches. And I know that's a fact from the Word of God. And we see that in the Scripture this evening. Understand, Charles Spurgeon put it this way, that God predestines and that man is responsible are two things that very that few can see they are believed to be inconsistent they're believed to be contrary with one another but they're not it is just the fault of our weak judgment and our weak knowledge that causes us not to be able to see it he goes on to say that these two truths will be welded into one truth in eternity when we see both of them flowing from the throne of God. Now, I want to give you this this evening. I want us to look first of all that because of disobedience, because of hard-heartedness, many do not believe the gospel and they are lost. Paul jumps into this passage of Scripture and as we walk down through this passage of Scripture, Understand what Paul does. In verse number 16, Paul deals with unbelief. In verse number 17, Paul deals with belief. In verse number 18 and 19, Paul bounces back and deals with unbelief. In verse number 20, Paul bounces back again and deals with belief. And then in verse number 21, he deals one last time with unbelief. So there's the contrast that we find in these verses of Scripture. There's the unbelief and the belief and the unbelief and the belief and the unbelief that Paul deals with. First of all, I want us to look at the verses of Scripture tonight dealing with the unbelief and then we'll look at those that are dealing with belief. Understand something in verse number 16. Not obeying the gospel is the same as not believing the gospel. Look at what he says in verse number 16. But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? Again, he's going all the way back to Isaiah chapter 53 when Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? He's talking about, and that is the chapter that's talking about the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. And he's saying, Lord, who has believed our report? Whether it is before the cross or whether it is after the cross, the question still remains the same. Who hath believed our report? What is the report? The report is that God 
is a righteous God. God is a holy God. Man is Man is not holy, man is not righteous, and therefore God had to have God die for man in order for man to have a right standing with God again. Because man, it was impossible for man to do what was necessary to have a right standing with God. Let me ask you this question, and, and even talking with James and Christy this morning, as I was talking with James, James mentioned something, and it, it just, it, it astounded me when he said it. And I, know, I don't know that all of us have ever really thought about this. What does the Bible tell us that we are to do? The Bible commands us that we are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our soul, all our might, and we're to do that every moment of every day. Let me ask you a question. Do you do that every moment of every day? No. In fact, to be honest with you, I would venture to say that none of us have ever done that to the fullest extent. And because of that, you and I are sinners with every breath we take because we're not loving the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our might. We're not. But it's God's grace that has reached down to us. It's God's grace that has shown us mercy and has saved us by His grace. The not obeying the gospel is the same as not believing the gospel. Paul tells us here that not all have obeyed the gospel. By extension, it applies to the unbelieving Gentiles as much as it applies to the unbelieving Jews. Since Paul is citing Isaiah 53 and verse number one, Lord, who hath believed our report? Why, does, why doesn't he say, however, they did not all believe the good news? He says here in verse number 16, he said, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. He's talking about here that there are some that are not believing. There are some that have believed and there are some that have not believed. He's not dealing with, when he's talking about obeying the gospel, he is not talking about works. He's not talking about an action. He is not dealing with works of course, he's dealing with and indicting the Jews because they were persuaded that they could earn some kind of righteousness on their own. And they were not obeying the gospel. They were not resting in Christ. They were not resting in what Christ had done. Also, it's important to realize that the gospel does not come to us as a nice suggestion that you may want to consider, but it comes to us as a command. Yes. 
It is a command that we obey the gospel. But understand that you and I cannot obey the gospel in ourselves. The obedience of the gospel is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And therein lies the good news. It comes as a command from God himself. In fact, in Mark chapter 1 and verse number 15, Jesus summarizes the message this way. He says, repent and believe in the gospel. Repent and believe. That repentance I've already told you is acknowledging that God is right and you are wrong. Understand that it also is talking about many hear the gospel but do not respond with faith and obedience. Look at what he says in verse number 18. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily their sound went out into all the earth and their words unto the ends of the world. Understand what Paul is dealing with here. There again, just like I've already said, there are many Jews that are not believing. And that's a concern for Paul. He closed out. He, in fact, he opened up chapter number nine and he opened up chapter number 10 with the same thought. He said, I would to God that my brethren would be saved that my brethren would be obedient, that my brethren would, would trust Christ is basically what he was saying. He was so concerned, he, was, he, he had a burden for his brethren that they would be saved, so much so that when he comes to chapter 10 and verse number one, he praised the very fact of what his burden was in chapter number nine and verse number one. He has a burden for them and he wants to see them saved and he prays that they would be saved and yet he's astounded that many of them do not understand. Many of them will not hear. Many of them will not respond in obedience and faith. And he tells us that here in verse number 18. He said, but I say, I have they not heard? Paul is saying here, the Jews of the Jews, he said, have they not heard? He says, yes, verily their sound went out into all the earth and their words unto the ends of the world. Here's the problem. They have heard with their ears, but they have not responded with their heart. And there sits in churches across this nation people like that every Sunday, every Sunday night, every Wednesday. There are people that sit there and they hear the words. They're, what did it say? Their words have went out into the ends of the world. Their words have went out, but they've not heard. What did he, what did he say over and over again in the book of the Revelation, he said, let, let those that have an ear hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. 
He that hath an ear, hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. What is he talking about? He's saying that they would have ears to hear the gospel truth. And that gospel truth is that Jesus Christ has died on the cross of Calvary, risen again, and is seated on the right hand of the Father, full of mercy and truth. They hear the gospel, but they do not respond in obedience and faith. As we look at that and understand that, we understand that probably Paul was speaking in general of some embellishment, if you will. In other words, the gospel has been proclaimed sufficiently among even the Gentile world to such an extent that almost all the Jews have heard the message and yet they've turned it away. And yet there are many Gentiles that are receiving it. Their pride caused them to establish their own righteousness instead of receive the righteousness that Christ has for them. That's the problem in 90% of the world. Their pride of I can do this or I have accomplished this or or it is I that has done what what was it the 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 one that is known as the preacher in the book of Ecclesiastes he says over and over again I've gotten me houses I've gotten me lands I've gotten me wives I've done this I've done that I've done this I've done that and at the end of all his eyes he said vanity vanity all is vanity Whatever we have done, whatever we have worked up is vanity. It is only the righteousness of Christ that can make a difference in our heart and in our life. Many know God's way of salvation, but they still reject the gospel. Paul tells us that in verse number 19. Look at verse number 19. He said, but I say, did not Israel know? First Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people. And by a foolish nation, I will anger you. There are those that know the way of salvation. They've been told the way of salvation, but they have not seen the way of salvation. You do not see with a physical eye the way of salvation. You see with an eye of faith and that eye of faith is given to you by God. It was not until God did something in your heart that you saw the way of salvation. It was not until God changed your heart that you received Him and received His grace. Understand what it is that Israel did not know. It was the gospel that they had turned away. In verse number 19, it says, And I say, did not Israel know? First Moses saith, I will provoke thee to jealousy and to them that are no people. By the foolish nation, I will anger thee. But look at what it says in verse number 20. But Isaiah is very bold and saith, 
I have found of them that sought me not and was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. What he's saying in that verse of scripture is there are those that are God's people. They were known as God's people. And we're gonna, when we get into chapter number 11, all of what I'm saying tonight is gonna be made even more clear. Because in chapter number 11, he begins to talk about the olive branches. He begins to deal with different things. When we get into that, you're going to understand more of what Paul's saying here in this passage of Scripture. Understanding that Israel, Israel in this passage of Scripture, it says, but Isaiah is very bold and saith, I have found of them that sought me not. Talking about the Gentiles. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me, talking about the Gentiles. But he said in verse number 19, but I say, did not Israel know, first Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people. And by a foolish nation, I will anger you. There were the Jews that knew about God, but they did not know God. And there were the Gentiles that did not know about God, but they knew God. That's the difference. It is not the knowledge that a person has of God. It is the relationship the person has with God that makes the difference. Those who reject the gospel reject God's patient love and are accountable for their disobedient hard hearts. Look at what he says here in verse number 21. But to Israel, he saith, all the day long, I have stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. God said over and over, I've reached out to you. I've reached out to you and you have rejected the grace of God. How many times have people over and over and over again rejected the grace of God? And those that reject the grace of God are held accountable for their rejection. We've looked at those that have not believed and are lost. Now I want us to look real quickly this evening and I'll try to hurry through these of those that have believed and are saved. Understand that that salvation tonight is because of God's sovereign grace. Others believe the gospel not like those that have these because of the sovereign grace of God have believed the gospel and are saved I want you to notice first of all in verse number 20 those who believe were not seeking God or asking him but he graciously revealed himself to them look what it says in verse number 20 but Isaiah is very bold and saith, I have found of them that sought me not. No. He said, I, I have found of them. I have of them that sought me not. 
I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. The Gentiles were not seeking God. They were not looking for God. They were not asking after God. It is God's sovereign grace that reached out to those Gentiles. Understand that it is the sovereign grace of God that reached out to you and reached out to me. We may have been in church all of our life, but it was still the sovereign grace of God that reached out to us. We may have been, I don't know what, what age you were when you got saved, what, what you are aware you were in your life when you got born again, but it is the sovereign grace of God that reached out to you, whether it was a seven-year-old boy or whether it was a 40-year-old man or whether it's a 90-year-old man or whether it's a 60-year-old woman or whether it's a six-year-old girl, it is the sovereign grace. Of God. It is the same sovereign grace of God that reached out to each and every child of God. You could not have been saved otherwise if it were not for the grace of God reaching down to us. This ties back into what Paul was saying in Romans chapter number 9 that Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness attained righteousness even the righteousness which is by faith the Gentiles that weren't even looking after God weren't seeking after God received the righteousness of God and they received it by the grace of God God pursues and saves those who are not seeking after him but were content with their own pagan ways and God reaches down. Paul says it this way. I think in the book of Philippians, Paul says it this way. I have not yet apprehended for that which I have been apprehended. That word apprehend means get a hold of. You know what Paul was saying? He said, I've not yet gotten a hold of why God got a hold of me. I've not yet apprehended. And, and Brother Charles, if we'll be honest with ourselves, I still yet do not understand why God sought me. But he did. And thank God for that. Those who believe heard the gospel and responded with faith because God graciously opened their ears and opened their hearts. If God, you and I could have sat in every church service we could have sat in, we could have went to and, and heard every message, we could have heard all of our entire lives, and if God does not open our ears and open our heart, we will not be saved by the grace of God. It is God who opens our heart and opens our ears. It is God who causes us to draw to him. What did Jesus say? He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. It is God who draws us. It is not we who have made some effort to get to God. God came to where we were. God came searching after us. 
He tells us in verse number 17, that verse that is so noted and we quote over and over and all of us know that verse. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Hearing is the same Greek word that is translated report. What did Isaiah say? He said, who hath believed what? Our report. That hearing is that same thing as that report that Isaiah was talking about. It, it refers to the act of hearing. And if God does not open our ears, we will not hear. So faith comes by hearing the gospel. And it's, it's, through a, it's through a spiritual ear that we hear that gospel. It's through God opening that channel. It is not, it, it, if you took that, that verse of scripture in a literal sense, no deaf person could ever be saved. It is that spiritual ear that God opens up. It's that heart that God opens up and allows us to absorb the grace of God that he hath presented to us. Understand as we consider these things what our response is to the greatest news that's ever been in the world. Most all of us here this evening have made a profession of faith. We believe in the Lord Jesus Christ or we've, we, we have a testimony of knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. Understand that that only came by and through the grace of God. That was not a work that you and I produced. That was not, that was not public house knocking on the door and us opening the door and seeing that we've won something. That was the Holy Spirit of God knocking on the door of our heart and causing us to see the grace of God. And understand this. I believe with all my heart according to Scripture that I, I believe that there is not a person alive with whom God will reveal himself as their reconciliation and them see that and walk away lost. I believe if God opens your heart and causes you to see that Jesus is your reconciliation to God, you will believe. You will receive why? Because it is so, it, it is so great. I, I don't believe, I don't believe you could see Christ reconciled for you and not believe. I don't believe you could walk away from that. I believe that God would make it so, so real to you. And that's what happened to you and I the day we got saved. God made it real to us. We didn't understand all the doctrinal aspects of it all. But we understood that He was our salvation. And we believed. We believed the report. 
We heard the report. And we, by faith, received the report of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what he did for us on the cross of Calvary. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the scriptures. We thank you for the truths of the word of God.